0: It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa podcast, uh, brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut, and you can find the program most easily on the Bet Rivers Network. So look for it there or wherever you uh, might go for your uh, podcast needs. All right, here we go. Email time, Mike Francis, podcast at gmail dot com. That's where you go to send your emails, as you all probably know by now. So uh, let's get to as many as we can. Pete starts us off. Uh, would you put Buster Posey in the Hall of Fame? Well, the grading for catches is always different. Um, He's got a chance. I don't think he's automatic. I think he's one of those guys who falls right there fairly close. My vote would be no, but I'm usually a very hard grader. But it's close. It is it is fairly close. He had a you know, he's had a very, very good career. Um Neeraj from Jersey, loved you and dog when you broke down the top athletes of the twentieth century. We're nearly a quarter of the way into the 21st century. Most likely it's Brady in the NFL, LeBron in the NBA, Crosby uh, in the NHL. Who is the best baseball player of the 21st century thus far? Really haven't thought about it, to be honest with you. Uh, last 20 years. I mean, there's a couple of guys come to mind. Obviously, Trout's good. I think Paul Holt's probably be the guy, though. I think he'd probably be the guy. But again, um, you know, I'd have to go back and think about pitchers and think about different people. I haven't given it a lot of thought. I, I usually don't think in those terms of such. I mean, it's easy over the last 20 years who's been the, you know, LeBron's been the most dominant basketball player. Tom Brady, obviously, uh, and what he's accomplished in the NFL. I think those two are easy. Um but in baseball, i would i would i guess i'd lean towards I some some candidates, but I would lean probably towards Paul also I guess um Ryan emails makes too much sense for the Yankees to trade hicks uh and Donaldson well, too much trade it's just not easy to do um even if they were to eat part of their conscience, it would still be a win uh Glaver's another chip that needs to be used. In your opinion, why hasn't Cashman made any of these moves yet? Do you believe there are scenarios will occur? I listen, I think there's gonna be movement. I think there's a lot more to be done. Uh, they would love to be able to move Donaldson off the team and open up his spot. Hicks to me is not a big deal one way or the other. If they keep him, he's not that expensive. Um, As a backup outfielder, uh, he's always been a catchman favorite. He's not a regular. I don't think he's in their plans as a regular anymore, finally. I think that's a good thing. Uh, Yankees have a lot of ways they can go. They have a lot of flexibility. They have a lot of guys. And like I said, there's not a lot of people on this team other than Judge. And now you made a commitment to Rizzo, but there's not that many guys you have to have on this team. You can pretty much be flexible and move almost anybody. You're not going to move Rizzo, obviously, and he's, got, and he's here short term. You're going obviously judge the man. He's the, you know, the guy on the team. He's the star. He's the whole thing. You're going to live through a couple other contracts. The Stanton contract's going to stay here. There's no question about that. No one's going to touch it. Uh, but, Hey, if you move a Torres, it's fine. If if you can move different guys, I have no problem with it. I, like I said, I'm, I'm not locked into a lot of guys on this team. The only guy I loved was Rizzo. You know, Judge, they made the commitment. I know people said I was down on the contract. Listen, it is a contract that will hurt the teams, hit the team in year 7, 8, 9. There's no question about it. But they didn't have... Too much where they could go. I mean, if they they got rid of him, so many Yankee fans would have been unhappy. So he had them in a position that they couldn't do much except give him what he pretty much wanted, which is what they did. And I'm sure we will have a very good next five or six years. And you're not even going to think about it for a while. So in in the short term, it's not even anything addressable. Down the line, it'll be an issue. There's no question. What I don't like about this team is they have been inflexible in changing who they are, and they have needed to realize that they're not as good as they thought they were in recent years. They've been more vulnerable than they think, and it has shown up dramatically in the postseason. It's not going to show up with their depth in the regular season. It's not, but that's not what wins in the postseason. What wins in in the postseason is talent. And obviously, pitching is a huge part of it. Houston beat people with pitching. They, yeah, they got some big hits and stuff, but they beat people with pitching. That's how you beat people. Uh, Jerry asked, do you see Jim Harbaugh returning to the NFL? I kind of do. I think he wants to win a national championship at Michigan. I think Harbaugh is a guy, I think Harbaugh loves Michigan. I think he thinks of himself as the modern-day Bo Schembechler. He kind of likes to, you know, he kind of likes to get in touch with his inner Bo. If you knew Bo Schembechler, and I did, he likes to model himself after Bo Schembechler. He believes in a lot of the stuff Bo did. Now, Bo was a very bad big-game coach. He got killed in a lot of Rose Bowls because he wasn't flexible in how he played. And those days they'd go out and play the Pac-10 and they'd get destroyed every year by the passing team in the Pac-10. Um, but he was a wonderful guy who went, you know, 9-2 every year. Half the years he beat Michigan, half the, half the years he beat Ohio State, half the years he didn't. And where he kind of, you know, go back and forth. And they both would have problems in the bowl game. Um, but I think he feels he has work to do. He's now beaten Ohio State twice in a row. He's established what he needed to establish in the Big Ten. Now he needs to win a championship. I think he's got a chance this year. I think Georgia's the best team, but I think he has a chance. I think it will be Georgia-Michigan, and I do think Michigan has a chance in that game. And I do think he'll take another swing at the NFL. I do. Adam emails the Connecticut Huskies. I knew it would be not too long before we heard about them. They're 10-0, currently ranked number five in the country. Do you think that Danny Hurley is the next big coach in college basketball? I haven't given that much thought, and I'm not really there on that. But what I will say is that this. With, with the possible exception of Purdue because of what their big man can provide. I'm going to exclude Houston because Houston has got to learn to shoot the basketball in key spots or things will happen to them like happened to them in the Alabama game. They cannot make free throws. They cannot make baskets when they need to. Connecticut's the best team I've seen in the country. I think they are right now at worst, the second best team in the country and they might be the best team in the country. They are very, very good. And they are better than the top five indicates. And what they've accomplished already, they're already an at-large team in the NCAA tournament. Not that they're going to have to worry about that, but they're already with what they've established and who they've beaten, they're already an at-large team. They don't have to do anything else. John from Rockland, uh, his career is over. but do you think uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a Hall of Famer player based on what he's done in his career? What he's done in his career? No. Based on his talent? Yes. He is one of the best talents in the league at his position, but it has not always showed up in terms of productivity. Him being on the field, him making games, that kind of stuff, him being productive – he needs to do more. Does he have that kind of talent? The answer is yes. Is he there yet? No, he's not. Well, most people ask, uh, would the Giants want to bring back Daniel Jones after four years? Why would Jones want to return? He's had an extremely subpar supporting staff, and uh, he's had no receivers. He's better off leaving. Fair point. Fair point. He has had very little to work with. He's gotten excellent coaching this year. For his career, he has not. He is a very, he is a tough call. You see some good things with him. He runs the game well. He's still prone to the mistake. He can make throws. He'll beat you with his legs. He's bold. He can make big plays. He's a good player. Is he the best you can do with that position? That's where where you have a tough decision to make. That is a really tough call. If you're asking me, do I think you could win a big game with Daniel Jones? If you put enough people around him, I think you could. Do I want to make him my quarterback? I want to look at all my options before I decide to do that. It's a a tough call, one way or the other. It's a very, very tough call. Joe and Rockville Center, uh, there's been so much parity in the NFL this year. What there's been is mediocrity. There's been a lot of poor play in the NFL this year, a lot of bad offense, a lot of teams playing very bad football. Like last night, that game was a bad game. I've watched a lot of bad games this year. The only dominating team appears to be the Eagles, maybe the Chiefs, Are there any other teams you feel have really separated themselves from the pack? I think San Francisco is separating themselves. I don't know if the quarterback is going to last. I don't know if he's capable of coming up and doing what he needs to do. They might get Garoppolo back uh, for the NFC Championship game. I don't know if they can get him back before that. San Francisco is legitimately a big team. Here are the teams that I think right now are legitimate. Kansas City, Buffalo, Philadelphia, San Francisco. Dallas is right there. They'd be next. And the other team on the third team for the AFC is Cincinnati. So in the AFC, it is Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. In the NFC, to me, I don't like Minnesota. It is Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas. John from Tennessee. Is the Tyree catch the greatest play in NFL football history or giant football history? I mean, it would be hard to find a play any bigger I don't know that you could find a play that, you know, listen, it's a play that meant a championship. So uh, can you find a bigger play? Probably not. I don't think so, no. I mean, first of all, you're playing in the Super Bowl. So it's got to be a Super Bowl play. There are other Super Bowls. I mean, it was the big pass to Man- Manningham and the, won the, the second one they won against the Pats. But the two they won with Parcells, it wasn't one play. Um, I you'd have to say that's it. I mean, because the, you know the, the, it's got to be a game that decides championships. So I'd say yes. Rich emails, giant fans are in the position of rooting for the Jets as they play the Lions. Uh, absolutely. Uh, why do you think this feels more palatable to the New York sports fan than asking a Met fan to root for a Yankee win? Uh, I I don't I don't know that it is. I think the Mets, I think if the Mets were playing the Red Sox late and the Yankees needed the victories, the Yankee fan wouldn't have a problem rooting for the Mets to win against the Red Sox. Just like this week, there's no question, the Giants need the Lions to get knocked off. Otherwise, the Lions are going to be right there in contention for that final playoff spot. They'd be 7-7, seven and seven, and their last three games are in their division. And they can win them. So this is a very big game, the Jets and the Lions—a very, very big game. I have a strong feeling on this game too, which I'll give you on Friday. Uh, Stephen Roxbury. Zach Wilson was five and two as a starter with some quality wins. Um, Mike White is now one and two as a starter. They've both had the luxury of a stellar defense. Even though Zach looked shaky most of the time, the team found ways to win while he was playing quarterback. Was this move to Mike White a mistake? Absolutely not. You're being very unfair with the record. He was 5-2. and two. He lost both games to the Pats and played badly. Mike White is 1-2, and two, but he lost to Minnesota and the game came down to one or two plays, and he lost to Buffalo on the road. Zach Wilson wasn't winning in Minnesota, and he wasn't winning in Buffalo. Okay, so that's not fair. I think if you haven't seen the difference in the confidence level, and if you haven't seen with your eyes, White, when he drops back and looks over the field, and then the throws he makes versus Wilson, doing the same thing, then you need to look a little closer because you can just see just from that that White is far more confident and far more comfortable right now at the position than Wilson is. Wilson played shaky. White played confidently. White came back in the game last week after getting hit about as hard as you can get hit and threw a perfect out. That told you something. He got absolutely destroyed, came back in, and threw a perfect out. Hey, I'm not sold on White yet that he's the real deal, a guy that I'm willing to turn the franchise over to for the next five years. But if you're asking me handling the position, leadership, running the team, looking over, The field, making the big throw, White's way ahead of Wilson right now. Way ahead of him. And if you haven't seen that, don't use record, because the two losses he had were in Minnesota and in Buffalo. That's not fair. Let's see if he wins this week. Now, this week and next week, White needs to win. Okay, these are the biggest games the Jets will play this year, because these two games will decide whether they go to the playoffs or not. They need to win these games. Lions, Jaguars, and neither game will be easy. They need to win both games. Mike, rumors going around that you may be joining first take on ESPN. Any truth to that? Okay, I know there was a story written yesterday. The story had a lot of, I wouldn't say it was 100% accurate, but it had a lot of truth in it. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. They called me last year and wanted me to surprise Dog and Stephen A on First Take. Dog has been doing the show once a week with Stephen A. They wanted me to surprise them and go on. I said, I'm, I was a little leery of surprising anybody. I thought it was better if they knew about it. We were going to decide that. We hadn't decided it yet. We went back and forth trying to find a date. We agreed on a date. We were going to do it. And I got, had a bad cold. I don't want to say I had the flu because I didn't. Um, But I was under the weather. Uh, Had a sore throat. So passed on that day. It was in, I think it was in March. And said we'd get back to him we kind of never got back to each other again. And that's where it's stood. They did ask me to do it. They left with me that they would like me to make an appearance there. I would say there's a chance, there's a chance that maybe in the next couple of months I might make one, but it's not, it's not locked in yet. Uh, they did ask me to do it. And we were still discussing it is where it w- was. And, I don't know how it got out. It didn't get out for me. But it is true that there was conversations. They did ask me to do it. They didn't make any conversation. They did not talk to me about any offer to do it on a permanent basis or anything like that. It was, as far as I knew, we were just doing a one-time thing. That was my understanding at the time when we discussed it. And we haven't discussed it since last, I would say, April. Maybe May, right around there. We did not discuss it this fall. Might we discuss it again? Maybe. So um, I haven't heard from them in a while, to be honest with you. But I, when they left it, they left it that they did want me to do it. So I would say it's a possibility. It's not locked in, but it's a possibility. Um, I'm a big Giant fan, love Saquon, but at this point I'm not sure it's going to be worth signing him. You can get back that money. Who could you be just as effective on a team? Listen, here's the bottom line. Would I resign Barkley? No. I don't believe in putting a lot of money in running backs. I think you can get two guys who are dependable and get as much out of them as you can out of a big back. I don't like paying a big running back. I don't like it. And I don't like paying a big running back on his second contract because, you know what, they're expensive and the tread goes off the tire in a hurry. Barkley got off to a great start this year. He's not been the same player in the last four or five weeks. Um, I would not pay him big money. A lot of emails on the Giants, if you notice. Um, Brian, my issue with the Giants is despite this season, they have very few players worth building around. Who is the star of the team? Uh, You can't build around a running back. Well, I I happen to feel the same thing. Uh, I think they're going to struggle next season uh, despite how effective the coaching may be. They won this year with Mirrors. They won this year with great coaching and great game plan. Dable and his staff, especially the defensive coordinator, have done a brilliant job. The Giants – are not as talented, say, as the Jets, who I think are very close to being a very good team and have a terrific defense and can play with anybody in the sport already. The Giants have some players, but they have a lot of work to do. They are developing some players. They've shown some promise on the offensive line. They've shown some promise in the secondary. They have some players in the front seven defensively. Do they need more? Absolutely. They need more everywhere. They need more in the secondary, they need more there. They obviously need quality offensive players. They need big play receivers. They need a home run receiver. They desperately need one in this sport. And they have to make a decision on the quarterback, and then they have to decide what to do with Saquon. They have a lot of decisions to make, and they are not anywhere near being a playoff team yet next year. I totally agree with that. Their coaching this year has been superb. Tony uh, emails, the Mets have revamped the pitching. I'm not sure who is going to do the hitting, except for Alonzo and Lindor. Uh, They have to get more offense. I agree. Listen, the Mets last year did not hit when Alonzo didn't hit Lindor. And let's be honest, Nemo, Lindor, and Alonzo carried a lot of the offense last year. They need another. Marte helped a lot and they missed him a lot. Him going down was a big hit for the Mets. He's a very valuable guy and I think he will be this year. They need another big offensive player. They need another big offensive player who's a core guy and they need their catching to be much better offensively. You expect it to be with the young guy. You expect him. If they give him a chance to play a lot, they give him a chance to catch a lot. They obviously like him. They feel he's a top prospect. He can be an offensive guy who comes along. They need another player offensively with a bat from the right side. If they get that, they can be a lot better um, they need help offensively. They clearly have, re- have started to rebuild the pitching. We know that. Um, and they will be a good team next year. But they're going to have to be because the Braves and Phillies are going to be really good. And there's going to be a lot of competition. So the Mets have got their work cut out for them. But you know one thing, they'll go out and add what they need to add. And they need to add a bat. And I really think in retrospect, if the Mets could redo one thing, it would be to sign it would be to sign Real Muto. Real Muto would have changed everything for the Mets because they really were hurting a catcher and his leadership and his offense and his impact on a team would have been a huge difference for the Mets and I think would have made an inc- incredible difference in their lineup and an incredible difference, difference in their team. I think he would have been, you know, that really big. Really big. And I think the Mets, listen, they passed on the Grom. They made a decision. They turned around and gave Berliner a lot of money. They brought in the Japanese pitcher. Everybody says, you know, I don't know him. Everybody says he's good. I want to take their word for it. A lot of times these guys have been pretty productive, so I don't know why he wouldn't be. They obviously re-signed a guy who was the best reliever in the sport last year. Now, that could be year to year, but he was great. He did a sensational job. They still need another. They need the catching to join the offense, no question. And they need another right-handed bat. If they get that, they can be good. And they're going to have to be good because, listen, the Braves are loaded and the Phillies, you know, are going to be very, very good and very, very hungry. They want to take that last step. And you know what? It's going to be a very good division, Soviet. They have the resources to get the job done. I expect them to go out and do it. I would be surprised if they left any stone unturned. I don't think they will. going to be a busy week